0: At the load I'm hauling, hard work, I hit it harder. Ain't nothing new for a bad-
1: Fastline Fast Track, presented by Fastline Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Well, welcome into
2: another episode of Fastline Fast Track. We're awful glad you're here. On this episode, we hear from representatives of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, Nutrient Ag Solutions, and Corteva. We also hear the music of rising country star Stephanie Nash from the Ernest Tubb Record Shop. You won't want to miss a moment of it. Let's go. First up this week, while at the recent National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City, I was able to spend some time with Ethan Lane, the Vice President of Government Affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. We talked about some of the hot button issues producers should be paying attention to as we head into 2020. Ethan, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Thanks for having me. So we had a chance to talk with your association's president, uh, Jennifer Houston, at the beginning of the year here, and we talked about some of the uh, key issues and key focuses in 2019. Now, as we start to wind down 2019 and look ahead to 2020, some of those same issues are still at the forefront, uh, uh, the first of those being trade. Uh, what, what are you guys seeing? What are you hearing? What, what gives you cause for, for
1: optimism going into the new year? You know, we're, we're starting to see uh, some of that trade policy that was, I think, giving people a little bit of heartburn over the last couple of years, pay dividends, we think, for, for producers. Uh, the signing of that, of that uh, bilateral trade agreement with Japan uh, back in October was a tremendous step in the right direction for us. So starting next year, January 1, we're going to have that equal market access to the Japanese market, which is our largest export market, along with those TPP participants. We're going to get that tariff rate down, and that's going to give us the ability to really compete there. Um, That's a tremendous, tremendous win for our producers. Um, Coming on the heels of that, hearing that we're starting to see the outlines of a phase one deal with China, um, you know, and obviously the president, you know, kind of you know, pre- pre-announced that and has talked about it a little bit, and, and I think USTR has sent some signals that, hey, we're not necessarily as far down the track as, you know, as our boss might have indicated. Um, I think there's still a lot of so- uh, signs there and, and cause for potential and, and, and some optimism. Um you know, it's really encouraging to see that that phase one deal, or from what we've heard, is really the ag portion of that negotiation, or at least that's what we're hearing, is that a lot of that stuff is entailing there. And that's a real vote of confidence that the administration has prioritized uh, that, that relationship for farmers and ranchers. There's a lot of other things that could be on the table there. You know, there are a lot of issues obviously wrapped up with the Chinese. For them to prioritize that shows that they understand that we need that access and we need, this, we need this to be put to bed. We're happy that this is moving forward. We're happy that as we've seen some breakdowns and as you know, see, watch the Chinese go home, they come back. And the, the, the conversations resume. That's that's a good sign. That means that there's more good than bad. That means that they have enough to agree on. That they feel like it's worth continuing to talk. So we're optimistic that we're going to see something positive here in the next few weeks. Um, and and we're certainly uh, all ears, waiting for that to happen.
2: So from a beef producer standpoint, how big is uh, getting things done with USMCA?
1: So we are we are uh, foot on the gas on USMCA. As are I know a lot of a lot of people in the ag community. Um, Obviously, watching this impeachment process play out, it kind of colors everything that we're that we're working on in Washington D.C. right now, but. We continue to insist that you know the votes are there, and that means this is a fantastic bipartisan opportunity for some of these members of Congress that don't necessarily have um, a need or a a desire to engage in the real partisan back and forth. We have a lot of Purple District members that are worried about getting reelected, Democrats and Republicans both, and they don't want to play this game. They want to talk about issues. They want to talk about bringing things home for their constituents. What a great opportunity to show that by, by getting USMCA across the finish line and letting them go home and tell their... Tell their constituents that they've actually accomplished something this Congress. So we're, we're continuing to push that message. Um, we hope the Speaker's office is hearing that. We think they're open to, to running this at some point. Um, and we think that as long as everyone's sitting around Washington giving interviews and talking about impeachment, they can take a few days off from that and, uh, and, and pass USMCA. And we're hoping they'll do that.
2: What are some of the other issues that you're watching on the trade front?
1: Um, you know, obviously, EU is, is, is also always um, on, our, on our minds. We're, we're watching Brexit play out. Um, that's, that's something that, that obviously could have ramifications for, for U.S. producers. I mean, you know, expanding those export markets and, and, and getting that U.S. product out to those foreign markets is, is something that we're um, uh, relentlessly pursuing. I mean, what we find everywhere we go is that the rest of the world loves the taste of U.S. beef. They love what we produce here. We're producing higher quality beef every year. Um, It's it's a a great story to tell. We're producing a more sustainable product than the rest of the world. And and getting that story out there so that when we see the UN push out climate information or we see them talk about about, how we manage species, Making sure they understand that there is a distinct difference between how we're doing that here in the United States with our very low environmental footprint, with that low 2% of greenhouse gas emissions number um, that, that the U.S. cattle production industry is putting forward is really leading the conversation. And and you know, by and large, that hasn't been the case in the past. So we're spending a lot of time educating on that front because we think it colors those trade conversations. We think it colors some of those environmental conversations. We think it it, it, it helps inform some of those members of Congress that might otherwise be inclined to 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 you know to come across our, our head with a two by four and instead maybe reevaluate and look at the value proposition, look at the good work that we're doing and and and, and rethink some of their positions on that. So that's something that we're really putting a lot of focus on.
2: Well, you talking- to uh, President Houston earlier this year. Another uh, key focus was on transportation and in specific, the hours of service rules for livestock haulers. Uh, as we stand here at the uh, latter stages of 2019, what, what, where are things in that whole process?
1: So we just I, I supported the introduction last week of the TREAD Act. And the TRED Act was a, a bill sponsored by Lloyd Smucker from Pennsylvania. A partisan bill that that is really uh, kind of the next step in that process. It, it adds an additional 150 air miles on the back end of a hall. Now we know that that is not enough to get all of our producers where they need to be. I, I mean, we're, we're well aware of that. But what it is is a game of inches. We're continuing to add flexibility. We're continuing to add time to ensure that we get those live animals from point A to point B. And that's something that we've had to educate a lot of people on, right? We're not hauling toilet paper. We're not hauling toothpaste. You can't put it on a shelf. You can't park it on the side of the road for 10 hours. You know, Those are live animals that need to get to their destination quickly and safely. And, and you know, our, our safety record is what we're really leaning on here because it's, it, it really is a, it's, a, it's a good record. And it's something that we can be proud of and it's something we can use to educate why we need to have that flexibility to get where we need to go quickly. Um, So we're not done here. This is the next step in the process. We're gonna continue to educate. We're gonna continue to engage with USMCA and the Department of Transportation, the administration and other stakeholders and look for those opportunities to continue to grow that footprint and and get our producers the the time they need to get to their destination.
2: So as you firm up your legislative priorities for 2020, what will some of the other focuses be?
1: You know, um, we will have that process now through convention obviously our our leadership our volunteer leadership will uh, approve a new slate of priorities in in san antonio in february um, and that's where we as staff will take our marching orders for next year and and what will what will prioritize moving forward i you know i would i would think we're going to continue to see some focus on deregulation you know the last year of the trump administration's first term um getting those priorities across the finish line that we've continued to place focus on um fake meat is going to continue to be a big priority for us ensuring that those uh those labeling practices are appropriate and aren't misleading consumers or misrepresenting our product in order to sell theirs. Um, That's going to be something we're going to continue to want to put some focus and and prioritize. Um, You know, and we're going to be looking at Sort of the larger Green New Deal landscape, and I don't mean that that legislation as it were specifically, but how it informs a lot of these conversations, and making sure that we're getting our story out there, correcting the record on misinformation, and and not allowing either the vegan agenda, you know, the PETA agenda, or some of those radical environmental agendas to be the the, the you know the, the dominant force in the conversation. That's why we're talking a little more about sustainability. It's why we're doing some of the work that we're doing, you know, and 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 making the point back into our own backyards that maybe some of our producers don't like us engaging in those conversations but what people need to understand is they're going to continue whether we're involved in them or not and we need to make sure that we're putting our voice in there and that we're protecting producers' interests and that we're drawing that bright line in that conversation and making it clear you know, what we can tolerate what we can't and, and that, we're, that we're being represented properly so that's why we're engaging in that and that's something we're going to continue I think moving forward.
2: What do you take away from this year that gives you a cause for optimism going into a new year? Mm-hmm.
1: So, that's a great question. And, and it has, right? And and I mean, anybody who's, who's grown up in a commodity-based business and has dealt with those market swings knows what it's like to be on the downside of a bad market. It's a, it's a gut punch. And and we certainly understand that we have a large segment of our industry and certainly the biggest percentage of our members that are in that category right now. And when they're coming back from the sale barn, you know, with 900 bucks on, on, on calves that they've spent a lot of time on, that's disappointing. But at the same time, we're seeing a lot of these value-added programs. We're seeing folks that have that have found some specific niches that are reporting that they're not seeing that same pressure, that they are seeing some decent numbers, and that they're finding new audiences, they're finding new avenues for growth. And that gives us a lot of you know, optimism when you look at that improvement in quality, when you look at the, the product that we're putting out, when you look at increasing demand from consumers, when you look at the fact that despite this onslaught of media attention on, on the fake meat issue and, oh gosh, the Beyond burger and the impossible burger, their actual market share hasn't really It's still less, way less than 1%. Ours is continuing to grow exponentially. Our growth has dwarfed everything in that space. And when you look at it in that context, what an exciting time to be in this industry. And, and you know, markets never, pendulums never stop in the middle, right? And, and, and just as it has swung one direction, I think we're going to watch it swing back like it always does. And we'll be talking about a very different set of dynamics. You know, at this time next year and the year after, and that's part of the business we're in. You know, you can't suspend the free market. What we need to do is make sure that what we're doing in the meantime is creating as many opportunities as possible for producers to manage through that, to manage risk, to look for new opportunities, to expand their footprint, and to grow their businesses. And that's what that's what our focus is at NCBA. You know, that's that's what we're going to continue to put our focus on, um, and we're going to take that direction from our producer leaders that, that that give us our marching orders from day to day and aren't shy about sharing them with
2: us. Well, you we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track, and uh, we'll definitely catch up with you after the convention here and after you guys have uh, gotten your uh, direction for 2020 and and look at uh, how we attack this going forward. Thanks, Brent. Great to be with you. Well, next up, while at the NAFB convention, I had the chance to talk with Jeff Clark, a range and pasture specialist with Corteva AgroScience, about pasture weed control and some of the company's innovative solutions for controlling those menacing weeds. Jeff, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Hey, thank you for having me. So, uh, how does pasture weed control pay off for the cattle producer? That's one thing that uh, I know we hear a lot about and I know it's one thing that uh, dogs a lot of producers uh, what are some of the things that they should be thinking about to uh, combat that?
0: Yeah so when we're talking uh, that would probably be in that return of investment story so when we're talking about making that return of investment is we're wanting to you know help that producer grow more grass because when we help that producer grow more grass that gives that cow more grass to eat, elongated grazing days, so we don't have to start feeding hay too early. We don't have to start feeding supplemental feed too early. So when we're able to do that, then we start to see free pounds on cows, free pounds on calves. And when we get those free pounds because of what Mother Nature gave us in the first place, which is the forage, then that's where we can make up some of those gaps. uh, Where in times past we've lost money, now we can regain that back.
2: So wet conditions have overly stressed the pastures this year. What can producers do do kind of to help uh, you know grasses recover faster and re- restore productivity?
0: Yeah, so Basically, it's a three-fold system. First of all, let's make sure that our f- fertility is correct. Right now is a great time where we can be putting out some P&K so we can get those root developments in our grass back to healthy again because we've gone from extreme wet to g- extreme dry this past year, pretty much across the entire nation. So we need to work on that root system. So right now, again, is a great time to work on that with fer- uh, fertility. The other thing is right now is we can really combat uh, and control a lot of uh, winter annual winter perennials uh, some biennial uh, weed species that start germinating in the month of october and we typically see them in the springtime but yet yeah, we can be proactive and work on that now so when we go into spring of 2020 not only we have a better green up we'll have some uh, a lot more grass to graze uh, but again our, our grass is prepared for that nitrogen to be put on it.
2: All right, and you've got a new product, DuraCore herbicide, that uh, is helping with pasture management. Tell us a bit about that.
0: Yeah, so first time in 15 years uh, in the industry, we are producing a, a new herbicide with a brand-new active ingredient. So it's not past old active ingredients with a new name on it. This is a brand-new active ingredient called RinseCore that is in the herbicide DuraCore. It is a residual herbicide, non-2,4-D herbicide, practically non-volatile. It controls more weeds than what grazes on next, does at 12 ounces per acre, so therefore it's a lower use rate. Now, we're waiting on federal registration to happen by the end of this year, so hopefully in 2020, of uh, Q1 of 2020, we'll have that product ready to go for producers.
2: And how does pasture health to affect herd health?
0: Yeah, so when we talk about herd health, typically we're talking about a vaccine program or a, a, a better feed program, and those are great programs to have for sustainable beef. But what we also lack is one thing that cows have to have. they got to have pasture. they got to have grass. And that feeds right into that herd health uh, program, that herd health management uh, conversation. The reason is if we don't have good grass, all right, good protein, and, and we're allowing a lot of bare ground to be showing, uh, showing through the grass. All right, so when that cow goes down to graze, what do you think that cow's ingesting at that point in time? Parasites that are on the top soil. So therefore, a lot of those parasites can cause a lot of respiratory issues within our cattle. So if we can take that bare ground, we can take that grazed hard uh, grass, Put in a better management program with that uh, pasture, with that producer. Have a good stand of grass. Get those toxic weeds out of there as well. Then we're we're we've got a, we're a big chunk of that herd health uh, initiative program.
2: All right. So you want to make sure that you uh, go check them out to uh, Corteva Agriscience and uh, Jeff Clark. We appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Fast Line Fast
0: Track. Appreciate you having me. Thank you very much.
2: Now it's my pleasure to bring in Ron Geis, who's a market development specialist with Corteva Agriscience and. Ron, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot,
3: Brent. Nice to talk to you.
2: One of the things that I wanted to talk about with you is a new product offering you have
3: called True Choice. So uh, break it down for me. All right, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Last year was our first year of this broad-scale True Choice offering. The True Choice offering is basically our farmer incentive offer, Brent. There's three elements to it. Now, I'm going to say one of these three elements has been in place for 20 years. That's our True Choice finance offer. What that is, is farmers can finance their crop protection inputs and and seed at a nice, you know, low prime minus 1% interest rate. Note would be due in December following the harvest. Now there's two new elements that were new last year and will continue and expand this year. Uh, the first one of those elements we call Corteva Cash. Corteva Cash is generated by one of two areas. It's either generated by purchasing pioneer seed. And the farmers that purchase Pioneer Seed, they get a certain amount of money dumped into their Curateva cash, use it for your crop protection inputs. It's free money. Use it or lose it, Brent. But the new for this year is in addition or in place of using the Pioneer Seed, farmers can purchase our telone soil fumigant as a qualifier purchase the Telone, you get Corteva cash. Free money use it or lose it on crop protection. Okay, so that's the first new element. The, the second new element, I actually we had last year, but we're continuing on this year is what we call True Choice Prepay. This is not tied to any initial seed purchase from Pioneer or Telone purchase. This can be used on anybody's brand of seed, any crop, it can be used with your pasture products, wheat, whatever. What this is, is farmers deposit their money into their True Choice account, and we give them more money to spend than what they deposited. The example we like to use is deposit $100,000 in with your retailer and we'll give you $105,000 that you can spend on your purchase of Corteva crop protection products. And if folks want to explore this uh, deeper, where can they go? Well, I we'll would tell you the first place to go is to your crop protection retailer and naturally you can go to our corteva.com, you can go to your Pioneer sales representative, but most people want to take you right to your local Corteva retailer. And what are some of the common questions that you get asked about this program? Well, one of the questions we got this year, because it's our second year, is how successful was it? Now, I represent the state of Iowa. Last year in the state of Iowa, we had over $20 million of savings that we passed back on to farmers, uh, right back to they using their local community, other inputs, you know, you know how farmers are. Donate to church, donate to schools, you know, go donate to the community. So over $20 million, right in our state of Iowa. And every state um, had at least $2 million with the average of $7.5 million going back in. Second question we get, how broad is this? Well. You can you can utilize our programs on one product. You can utilize it on over 100 products. It's the true choice program. So truly the choice is on the farmer. We appreciate their business. We'll give you incentives whether it's one product, 10 products, 100 products. It's it's all that farmer's choice. You know, no no mixing, matching, bundling is necessary. It's all an upfront rebate, or I'm sorry, upfront savings, and no waiting for rebates at the end of the season.
2: And the name of the game is Saving Money Here, and that's what we're here to do, help you save money, make money, save time, and uh, this is just one of the ways to do it. So, uh, Ron, guys, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track. You bet. Thank you you very much, Brent. Next up, I had the opportunity to chat with Saul Goldfarb, who's the Vice President of Digital Strategy for Nutrient Ag Solutions. They're constantly rolling out innovative precision agriculture technology that helps producers get the most out of their farming operations. Saul, welcome in to Fastline Fast Track.
4: Thank you. Great to talk to you today. I know
2: there's a lot of producers out there that probably have heard a bit about Nutrient and and some of what you're doing in the digital space, but probably just uh, don't have the full grasp of it. If you could just share with us a bit about what all that entails and what kind of work is being done behind the scenes to to, to build uh, tools that can really
4: help uh, producers uh, get the most out of their ground? Yeah, that's a great question. So at Nutrium, we started from a different place than other companies. We don't think of digital tools as something that are separate from the relationship between the agronomist and the grower. What we're building are tools that support that relationship. Because um, one of the things that we found is our, our people, when they work with growers, they come to know what the grower's goals, the grower's fields, wet spots, and you know challenges that the grower faces. So the tool set that we build, I'll give you an example of something we're just releasing now. It's a farm planning tool. And right about now, the growers that we work with are often looking back at the results they got in 2019, and then they're, they're starting to plan 2020. So this tool allows a grower and their agronomist, they sit down, they plot out the crops that they're gonna grow, They look at all the inputs on a field-by-field basis and they make a plan. That plan, we store it digitally. The grower can then say, hey, um, I've decided to swap out what I'm going to grow on this field for that field, quickly make changes. And then, as we all know, Mother Nature happens. With that plan documented and that understanding between the grower and the agronomist, they can quickly make changes so that they can still get that yield target that they're after. So again, I think of our digital platform, it's a collaboration tool, um, definitely taking into account the wisdom of the grower and their agronomist. Well, you beat me to the punch because I was just sitting here thinking as you were saying that the one
2: word that comes to my mind is collaboration. This really is a collaborative effort and
4: uh, that's what's going to continue to grow this? Absolutely. And um, part of the trick of what we're doing at Nutrient Ag Solutions is um, it's a platform that uh, it services all our growers across all of North America. But as anyone who spent five minutes in agriculture knows, agriculture is extremely local. So we take things like a product catalog. We've got our own proprietary products, and we've got products from the best manufacturers across agriculture we bring those things together but it only matters to me the grower if you account for my soil my fields and my goals and so as you said like through that collaboration that's how we want to help the grower succeed well i'll tell you what if folks want to know more about this all where can they go so i got good news Uh, so our our digital platform is free for growers uh, it's called the customer portal so if you go to NutrientAgSolutions.com, you'll see a big button on the screen it says customer portal you don't need to be a customer i encourage you sign up for an account um, i think we have the world's best weather information for growers behind that um, and again it's free so so please come and visit yeah make sure you go and, ch- and check that
2: out uh, uh, that address again yeah. NutrientAgSolutions.com. NutrientAgSolutions.com. Make sure you go and, and really dig in there and ask questions. That I would imagine, if folks run into questions uh, while they're on there, that uh, you've got folks that can help
4: them out uh, with anything they might be curious about. Yeah, we've got a feedback button built right in, so you can call us, you can text us, or email us. And yeah, we do welcome those questions because we're constantly evolving what we're doing at Nutrient Ag Solutions and it's honestly contributions from our growers can you do this next that's that's really helpful for us Well,
2: that feedback is so important, and and data is the name of the game in trying to get the most out of your inputs and uh, and trying to maximize uh, yields, and uh, uh, just a tremendously helpful tool. So, Saul, we appreciate you taking the time to join us, and uh, we we hope to talk to you guys down the road. Thank you. And next up, we take you to the legendary Ernest Tub Record shop in Nashville for music from rising star Stephanie Nash. Stephanie grew up on a California dairy farm and continues to work with dairy cows when she's not making great country music in Nashville. She has a passion for farming And for taking real country music back to the country Back on Fast Line Fast Track From the Ernest Tub Record Shop 417 Broadway In downtown Nashville, Tennessee And it's my honor to bring in Stephanie Nash Stephanie is an up-and-coming artist here who's got some new music on the way, and we wanted to make sure we get her in here so you could hear it here first. Stephanie, welcome into to Fastline Fast Track.
5: Thanks for having me.
2: And one of the coolest things about her that I knew was going to appeal with our audience is uh, you grew up on a farm. Yep. Farm girl from yeah. California. Tell us about it.
5: Dairy farm. So uh, my family is, uh, well, I am a fourth-generation dairy farmer. Um, grew up in Fresno, California area, and then about five years we moved it to Middle Tennessee. Had no passion um, or interest in following my music career until somebody came on the farm that actually um, had a lot of influence um, from Charlie Daniels. You know, he um, played for Charlie Daniels and he saw some, some of my songs. And so that's when I started um, getting back into that. But yeah, fourth generation dairy farmer, still work on the farm during the day and do music when I can uh uh-huh. Yeah.
6: And,
2: and uh, I know this is a fact because we had a meeting one day and you you came in uh, fresh from uh, tending t- Cattle.
5: Oh, yeah. It was, it, I think everybody was out that day, so I kind of chased them. I was like, man, I got a meeting today. You guys got to behave today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so wh- when did you first get bit by the music bug? When did you get involved in music?
5: I mean, I went to a high school that was mainly music. You know, we were very known for music and not only did I start writing music, but I was very involved with that and uh, singing in my church. And I think after college, I was like, you know, I need to get back into writing because I'm missing out on, you know, not only my background of being agriculture and telling my story, but um, my heart as well. So I think big time, you know, especially moving to Nashville, that's inspiring enough, you know.
2: Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So tell me about the songwriting side. Where Where do you draw your inspiration as a songwriter?
5: I think a little bit of everything. You know, I've been through... A couple heartbreaks. I've been through, you know, the change from California. And so I think just staying true to my writing, you know, and uh, having influences, you know, I grew up on George Strait, Garth Brooks, you know, Shania Twain, Dolly Parton, all those are huge influences and trying to keep that country sound still sounding country as well yeah which yeah. is something
2: we're big about here yeah. so thank you for that
5: <laughs> you're welcome no problem
2: <laughs> so uh tell us about what you got uh, go- going on uh, music wise new music
5: yeah so i'm super excited i just signed with a pr company here in nashville they've been trying to rally me up for quite a while and i s- kind of just bit Bid on it and now I'm going with it so they're doing a lot of great things for me but um as of now three songs are coming out in 2020 the first one being on Valentine's Day which I've been wanting to do that for uh two years now is really set on Valentine's Day so and then I'll have a summer song coming out with Ethan Willis on there and uh also uh my agriculture song called Time Changes will come out in the uh fall time around September um dedicating that music to the farmers not only will i be doing a music video but i'll be giving away a scholarship for ffa kids as well
2: that's excellent yeah uh, that, uh, that that you're able to give back and and it is such a big part of your life and that uh, that you've uh, used that as your cause
5: Oh, yeah. I was hauling cattle yesterday, so you can't get more country no. than that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's excellent. So what do you like to do when you're you're not playing music? I know you've got a
5: fitness background as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so not only do I work on the farm to uh, fund my music, but I also um, do indoor cycling in Murfreesboro. So I'm an instructor there. I'm actually lead instructor, so I love it. It's my passion working out and getting paid for it at the same time. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I do that and, uh, yeah, pretty much just work on the farm. I love to travel. Um, haven't been out of the country in three years, so that, that's probably coming soon. But I love to see United States, um, and, uh. Like to drive around. I'm going to the Dallas vs. Predators uh, classic in January, oh, so I'm go. looking forward to that. I got my tickets about eight months ago, so I'll be cheering on the Predators from Dallas.
2: You just uh, <laughs> once you're in town here, that's just a part of the deal. Isn't oh
5: yeah, it? you got to be a Preds fan. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, you, you, you're one that uh, it didn't just move to town for this, but you were you were here, so it's a little bit different experience, but. Uh, what is it like trying to stand out from just so many other incredible artists here in this town and, and and really carve your own niche
5: yeah it's crazy there's so many artists that people don't realize are are so great one one girl in particular joy best she just writes songs that will break you in half but you mm-hmm. know uh, there's there's so many artists um, that you want to get behind and i think that's easy you know support local artists and join in with them find that group that really pushes you not only in your writing skills but as a person and not to change once you start getting up that level you know um so I've been really patient I've been very fortunate to work with Kent Wells um he took me on and kind of put me under his wing and so I'm fortunate about that and then the other company in Nashville and of course Tracy and Precious um have helped me a lot too and getting my uh i guess my instagram going and they're gonna make me a twitter or whatever so I'm like, I'm like you know i still work on the farm so they're trying to get me out and doing more things
2: big, big yeah. shout out to tracy and precious yeah. because they, uh, they they do a lot for this show too uh, great 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 people and they have a heart for for keeping country music country
5: oh yeah for sure that's why uh, i really wanted to work with them and everybody that's came into my life so far is not trying to change my music but just try to elevate me um, to the next level
2: uh, yeah. well we're hoping to uh to, to bring stephanie along for uh the ride here with some of what we're doing here in, in the ag space here in 2020 so stay tuned for that as we kind of work through the details on that but uh, uh in the meantime tell them where they can find out more about you
5: um i guess the biggest thing right now is uh, on facebook stephanie nash and then instagram i'm always on there Steph nash music um tons of music coming um so be looking for that and of course ffa students out there parents um tell your organizations because i'm going to be giving away that scholarship in 2020 around september october time so they just need to go on my website, com and enter a video, send it to me. We're going to be looking at it, why they need the funds, uh, why they're passionate about agriculture and how it can help their community as well. That's very important.
2: And we'll get that link out on our socials as well so people can be looking for it. But uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We we really appreciate it and wish you the best of success with it. And uh, uh, can't wait to work with you more in the future.
5: Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: All right, we're going to let her get mic'd up and play some of that great music for you.
5: Hey, y'all. My name's Stephanie Nash, and uh, Graham's helping me out today. We're going to be singing some songs I wrote with some buddies. This first one uh, I wrote with my friend Ethan Willis. It's called The Best Side of Me. a year and a half ago um it's coming out next year 2020 it to be my first single um it's called your love is bad for me
2: Was the music of Stephanie Nash? You can follow her at Stephanie Nash Music.com or find her music on Spotify. Well, Plant 2020 is just around the corner. And now's the time to get what you need to be ready. Make sure you make your first stop Fastline.com. Check out the equipment locator and the price comparison tool with the Iron Average powered by Iron Solutions. Be sure to subscribe to Fastline Fast Track on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or iHeartRadio, and follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. and add our Spotify playlist to your library from past, Present and upcoming guests of the show. On the next episode, we'll take you to the Nebraska Power Farming Show and hear the music of Jay Edwards. Until then, it's Brent Adams saying, Y'all come back and bring along a friend.
1: You've been listening to Fastline Fast Track, presented by Fastline Media Group. To learn more about Fastline's customer focused marketing solutions, visit FastlineMediaGroup.com and check out our brand websites Fastline.com, BigAg.com, and PinkTractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at brent.adams at fastline.com
6: Something like that.